Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainee Sharp. I am your host for this evening. As always, it's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited. I am excited. I'm excited. I know I say that every single week, but I love God's word and I love what God has been doing with me in the season and just downloading into me fresh fresh insight, fresh revelation, fresh manna from heaven, and just being so on point um, with what we're going through and what we're experiencing. And I want to say really going through because um, a lot of us are also not experiencing trials and tribulations, but maybe just some things that we just have to learn. And there's always room to learn. There's always room to learn more about God and just more of his fullness. I mean, we're never going to be able to learn everything about him because God is just, you know, so powerful, so mighty, and just so, um, <laughs> it's just so many um, facets and so many different uh, parts of, of God that uh, we won't, don't even have the time to even um, take in. But I'm just excited about this particular series that we want to start. Um, this is the second series that Imperfectly Perfect has done. Um, and I'm excited about where God is taking me with it because he literally just gave this to me today. So uh, wherever God leads me with this series, um, I'm just excited about what we will learn because this is not just a, a process of me teaching you guys what God has shared with me, but a process of me learning um, myself, like we're learning together and I'm just simply um, God's vessel that's being used um, by him to just share with you what he's been teaching me. Um, so let's say a word of prayer and we're going to talk about what we uh, briefly what we talked about last week and then we're going to get into tonight's series for the evening. All right. So dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Father, God, for your love, God, because you are love. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, God, you chose to use me, God, for such a time as this. To God, to empower the Father God, your children, God, to encourage them, God, to just um, to bring forth enlightenment, the Father God, and to you, to give all glory to your name, God, because of your love, because of your word, because of your peace. Holy Spirit, God, that you would be with them right now if they're experiencing, God, anything that would try to hinder them from hearing your voice more clearly. Holy Spirit, I ask that, Father God, that you would have your way, oh God, have your way. I come against distractions. I come against every hindering spirit that is not like you. I come against the Father God, any Father God, the spirit that tries to come in and interrupt your perfect will. God, I thank you, Father God, that everything will run smoothly, Father God, no technical difficulties in the mighty name of Jesus. God, touch every person, God, and their families, God, that are watching and listening both now and in the future in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. I love you. I adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. So welcome, welcome on Instagram, welcome and on Facebook Live into the listeners that will be listening later on on all of our podcast platforms. That is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So I love you guys so much. Let's get into what briefly we were talking about last week. So we had the topic of last week's topic was don't fear, just trust. Don't fear, just trust. And what God was simply sharing with us that um, fear is literally the opposite of trust. Fear is literally the opposite of trust. And if we are expecting God to do the miraculous, expecting God to go above and beyond for us, we cannot have fear. We cannot allow fear to grip us. We cannot allow fear, fear to overtake our minds, to overtake our lives. 
And we simply have to trust. And a lot of times what God was sharing with me is that we overthink. We overthink trust. We think that that is bigger, that it that is not bigger. I'm sorry. That is harder than what it actually is. And God is saying, no, all you have to do is trust me. If you allow me to be the light, the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path, it's that simple. But a lot of times we try to be in control. We try to run things ourselves. We have a notion. We have a, a, a preconceived notion of what our lives are going to be like or what, you know, where God has taken us. And so when, when it doesn't go that direction, we get disappointed. We get hurt. We get confused. And we're just like, God, I didn't, I didn't imagine for my life to go this way. And God is like, did you, did you ask? Did you seek me first? Did you consult me to see where, where I'm taking you? And that is why we can't trust God because we don't put our, I put our control our utter control in God. So that's just a brief, brief uh, overview of what we talked about last week. If you did not see last week's podcast, please follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated Facebook page. You can also follow us on Instagram. I'm going to put that briefly here as we continue this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram as well. And you can also listen to last week's podcast on all of our podcast platforms. So Let's start this series, shall we? Let's start this series. And tonight we are starting the series of God's love languages. God's love languages. And just um, giving you a brief background of um, of where God <laughs> is leading me um, with this is that um, on another platform, I was just, um, I remember uh, talking about um how how God has how we know about different the different love languages and it's, it's so popular so many quizzes that are out there you can go online and just hey what's your love language and you're able to they give you a questionnaire and you're able to fill out they ask you a series of questions and based off the series of questions they give you they um they let you know what your love language is and um as I was, as I was talking, the Holy Spirit was moving through me. He was just saying, man, he was just basically saying that God, like all of those love languages, I'm going to get to them in a second, second, but all of those love languages, God demonstrates and he expects us to reciprocate. Those love languages, God demonstrates and he expects us to um, demonstrate. And so um, with that, um, <laughs> this morning when I was in prayer and God was just like, okay, you're, you're going to start the love language series and talking about my love because it's so popular these days talking about, oh, what's your love language? Oh, and let's just go, go into it now, the five love languages. So we have the five love languages, which are words of affirmation. So just giving you a brief um, fill in on this because I'm not going to go into too much detail tonight about the five love languages and even just um, the, lang the languages portion. And we're going to be talking about um, talking about the root, which is love. We're going to be talking about love tonight. But just to give you a quick overview of what the five love languages are, since if you are not familiar with it, um, uh, Gary Chapman is the author of the book. And if you're interested, please, it's, it's uh, on Amazon. Um, it's called The Five Love Languages. If you're interested in getting that book, I definitely encourage you to get it. Um, it's, it's, very, it's very beneficial for um, your lives. So um, go out and check that out. So the five love languages are words of affirmation. So when you talk about words for affirmation, that means so you talk about you are you love you love uh, showing your love or receiving. 
So this is love languages is, is talking about, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm just going to flow. So love languages is, is talking about how you like to give love and how you also like to receive love. And some people like to give and receive love in the same way. And some people like to give love and, and receive love differently. So for me, oh, okay. All right, Holy Spirit. I'll say the love languages and then I'll talk about myself. So words for affirmation. So words of affirmation is saying, oh, okay, you look good today. Or you did such a great job. Or um, you you sang good on the choir. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you for um, helping me out today. And it's, just, it's just words of affirmation is talking about encouragement that you are in, are lifting them up. And there are people that really like to hear hear those affirmations that, that makes them feel love, that makes them feel like they can do anything, that they can do the impossible. When you truly like encourage them and you and you notice and you um you affirm them, you say, hey, I, I seen what you did today and I'm I thank you for that. They they recognize their love. So and then another one is touch. Touch. So if you if you're uh, love language touching me that you're you like to hug or you like to just simply just grab some per a person's arm or you know you just like to just lean on them or you know people that you love who just like you just simply just touch them and you're always doing something to just uh show your affection through sense of touch acts of service that means that you um if there's a need you're just a hey you're quick to Fit, fulfill that need. Hey, if they, if they need um, somebody to go to the grocery store, hey, let me go to the grocery store for you. Let me get those groceries. That's a, act, a way of acts of service. Cleaning the house is a way of acts of service. If you are married or um, even if you're a child and you're living in a home and you want to do that to show your love, say, hey, I, I recognize that this is a need, an act of service that needs to be done. So let me do it to show that I care, to show that I was paying attention. Gifts is, I mean, that's plain and simple that you love or you love to receive gifts. It's like you love giving, like I know I love giving gifts and that that's the way for me to show love. Um, and in quality time, is the quality time is meaning that you are actually, it's not always about you um, talking in that moment, but it's about you just literally being in that person's presence. Literally being in that person's presence is it just makes you feel love. It makes you feel appreciated. It makes you feel warm inside. And it's just like, wow, just being in their presence is, is all that you need is is um, and getting more of that just even makes you feel even more, um, more um, loved. So those are the five love languages. And I'm I'm uh, I want to get more into that of, of comparing it to god but i can't right now i have to go with the holy spirit because we have to when we start in this thing out we have to get to the root of this thing we have to start off at the beginning and then work our way up we can't just get straight to the meat like we have to start at the beginning so we're going to learn tonight we're going to learn what is love what is love? And I did a podcast on love before, but God has taken me a complete different direction. And I'm like, God, you are truly like you're you are stretching me. <laughs> Does anybody believe that God has been has been stretching them in this season? Like seriously, God has been causing me to get out of my comfort zone. And to get out of my norm of uh, studying deeper and, and going just just uh, learning more. And I'm just like, wow, God, I'm not used to teaching um, 
teaching this way or um, going into deeper depths and you're in this direction. Um, but God has taken me that way. So there I go. So we're, um, we're going to talk about what is love. And uh, remember that our topic tonight is God's love languages. And I'm just make sure I hit this, um, this topic here at the bottom so that we can remember as we go along. So let's get into it. What is love? What is love? Love, and I have um, at least three definitions. So, because that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Love, it is an, an intense feeling of deep affection. So, when you feel love, that means that it is something that you can't always explain, something that is so deep that if somebody say, are you in love or do you love that person? It's just like, wow, like I, it's something that you just, you just always, like you always want to be affectionate. You finding any, anything that you can do to express your love so that you can continue to feel, feel that, that feeling. Because love is a wonderful feeling to to feel love to to um to be loved to express love. It is a feeling like none other, like none other. So an intense feeling of deep affection. Another definition of love is strong affection for another, arising out of kinship or personal ties. So when we talk about kinship, that's really talking about talking about like lineage, talking about, um, you talk about, oh, that's my kin, right? A kin means that that's your family. It's another word for saying, oh, that's like my cousin. That's my, my brother, my sister. That's my kin. That's I'm related because kinship's talking about being uh, related to someone. So just thinking about how we are connected to God, how we are his sons and daughters. We are uh, we are kin. We are a part of his lineage. We are a part of, um, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We are a part of the, the, um, the kingdom of God. We are part of the family of God. So therefore, God shows us strong affection. He shows us a strong affection. Why? Because we are part of his kinship. We have personal ties with God. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we become a part of his kinship. We become a part of his lineage. And this is, and this is, oh my gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But this is why God sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for us because of his love, because of the affection that he desires to show on us on an everyday basis, every minute, every hour, every second, God desires to show his love. And the last definition I have for love for you is love, an unself, unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, which is characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings, concern for the good of another. So when you talk about love, it, it's talking about being unselfish. Being unselfish, why? Because you are concerned about somebody else. You are concerned about somebody else, meaning that, huh, just think about God. If it wasn't for God, where would we be? There have been so many things that we have done in our lives that huh, we don't deserve God's love. 
God has instructed us to do certain things. And even though we um, we fall short of his glory every time, God still loves us unconditionally. He still wants to see what and knows and wants what's best for us, despite despite of what we do, despite of our actions, in spite of, um, of what we say out of our mouths, in spite of our attitudes, in spite of all of those things, God still loves us unconditionally. He has a deep concern about us. That is so powerful to know, to know what love is, is so important. It's so important to know what love is. Because if you know what love is, you will want more of it and you will know how to express it. You will be um, you will be more selfless to people. You'll be more giving. You will be nicer. A lot of us just walk around just angry because we don't understand what love is. We haven't even some, some people. It's crazy, but some people have haven't even used the word love. Some people have not used the word love, and that's because they they genuinely do not know what love is and understand where it comes from. So therefore, they can't express it if they don't understand what it means. And the importance of expressing love and receiving love. When you when you receive love, my God, it's it just it brightens up your day. It just it motivates you. It, it encourages you. It it just you know it it just changes the game. It really does. It changes the game. So, and before we get into furthermore, because we we're talking about love tonight, but we're talking about God's love language. So I just want to briefly. Uh, share with you the definition of language. Language is communication of meaning in any way, medium that is expressive, significant, etc. So language is communication of any, any category. And I'm not going to get to, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But even in my study time, I was like, wow, God, I'm, I'm excited about where this series is going. Like, literally, I'm excited about even touching on language and just going deeper into that because I didn't expect to go this way, like I said earlier. But so that is the definition for language. We'll talk about that um, next week. So let's get into what is the Bible could be talking about those definitions of love. And those comes from Mary, Miriam uh, Webster it comes from dictionary.com, but let's get into the biblical, biblical meaning. We talked about the natural side, but let's get into the biblical meaning of love. What is love? God, God is love. What is love? God is love. And you like, Huh? How was God love? And we're going to explain it to you. And it's right here in the word of God. Right here in the word of God. So let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. And I'm reading in the Amplified Version. I'm reading the Amplified Version. And it says, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. Listen to this, verse 8. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. For God is love. 
He is the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. My God, I'm going to read verse eight again. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not, and never did know him. So let's stop right there. Remember when I, when I mentioned that there are some people that are out there that have never even used the word love. And if they, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit, even if they have used the word love, they've used it out of context because they do not know God and they haven't been acquainted. There are so many people that are out there to say, oh, I'm in love and I love this person. I love that person. But the word of God says, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. The word of God says that if you have never become acquainted with God, you don't know what love is. If you have never become acquainted with God, if you've never, if you've never had a conversation with him, if you never got to know him, and because you can say, oh, I know God. Do you know him or do you know of him? Just like I know, uh, I know a lot of people, but there's only a certain amount of people that I actually know. There are some people I know of. There's some people that I have um, had the pleasure of being acquainted with or even having an interaction with. But if you were to ask me certain details, certain uh, what their um, their favorite color is, what kind of food do they like and all of that stuff, I probably couldn't give you the answer to that. Why? Because I am not acquainted to them. I did not invest my time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I did not invest my time into getting to know them. I didn't ask them any questions. I just simply, you know, just came, you know, um, into into their presence and maybe just had, you know, uh, just hung out with them for a little bit and maybe just for an event. And that was it. And then I can't go out and say, oh, yeah, that's my best friend. Like, I don't even know them. And God is saying, again, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. I love the fact that it says the Amplified Version talks about God being the originator of love. God is the originator of love. So how can you say that you love someone if you don't even love God, if you don't even are not even acquainted, if you're not even familiar with God, you know of God. And I'll just use this for example. My God, I use this for example, watching the Grammys the other day, this past Sunday. And, you know, they have different memes on Facebook and on social media about about this and how you have so many and I'm not judge, trust me, I'm not judging anybody because I cannot, I'm not in any type of room to judge anyone. I have a past and, but thank God I've been delivered from it. So going back to what I'm saying is that you have a lot of, a lot of secular artists who are out there and they, when they win an award, they go on, you know, they go on the stage and the first thing they say is giving honor to God who was head um, to giving honor to God who was head over my life. And it, it gets you, it gets you thinking of whether or not they actually 
<laughs> what they're saying out of their mouths are actually true. Because if you're saying giving honor to God who was head over my life, that means, yes, that means that your lifestyle needs to demonstrate what you are speaking because everything we speak out of our mouths is being manifested because life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we can't, we have to be very careful of what we say out of our mouths because our lifestyle, our everyday lives need to be represented by what we actually speak. The same practice which you preach is something that we need to actually abide by. Is that when you have these secular artists who are, you know, giving honor to God and they just, you know, saying all these things, but then you, the next minute when they perform and you, they twerking all over the place. They're twerking all the place. They, they being very erotic. They doing all of these things. They cussing, using profanity. Calling people out of their names, but yet giving honor to God who was head over my life. Those two things do not line up. They they really don't. They don't. It's not God-like character. And that's proof in the pudding that they have not experienced the fullness of God. They have not been acquainted with God. So they can't possibly know what love is. Because if you know what love is, then you know that God is love. And God, is, ugh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And this again says, it says he is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. This is not, listen, God is not new to this. He's true to this. God is not new to the love game because he is love. That means that he is true to love. He is true to this. Nobody can top God at the love game. Nobody. Because he is love. If we want to know more about love, we want to know more about how to express love, or how about more about just his attributes and where... Ugh, go to God. Have a relationship with him. Have a relationship with God and then you can get more insight on what love is. Because to learn about love, you have to know... God and have a relationship with him because he is love. He is love. And I love that so much of just this how we make it so complicated. And God says, listen, you want love? You gotta have a relationship with me. If you want you if you want to be healed, if you want to be set free, if you want to be um whole. You've been brokenhearted and people have let you down. Come to me. Come to the one who is love. Come to the one who originated love. Come to the one who can heal because love heals our wounds. Love heals a multitude of sins. Love. Why? Because God is love. And I know I'm probably going to keep saying that because our God wants us to actually realize that and actually get that in our heads that God is love. God is love. Hi, Melissa. How are you? That God is love. So let's um let's move on. So we've talked about love. We talked about you know what actually is love, and we find out that God is love. Now we're going to talk about now 
the four types, the four types of love, the four types of love. And number one is agape, agape love. Let me just fix this really quickly. Is agape love. Is agape, is agape. And agape is Greek for affection. Goodwill, love, and benevolence. Goodwill, love, and benevolence. And we already explained what um, benevolence is, but just to read it again, when we was reading the uh, earlier definition, benevolence is characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings. So we talk about agape, talking about affection. That is, this is the highest. This when you talk about agape love, this is referring to God himself. This is the highest of love. Another definition for agape, another definition for agape is um, the fatherly love of God for humans, as well as the human reciprocal love for God. The fatherly love of God for humans, as well as the human reciprocal love for God. So just going back, going back to what we were talking about earlier of like how we were talking about love languages and how love languages is talking about what how you um how you uh, give love and how you want to receive love because love should is not about um just giving 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 and love is not always about taking 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 this is a give and take situation and so however when you are talking about love that means that you want to give love a certain way and you want to always re and also receive it so when god um spreads his love and shares his love with us he is expecting for us to reciprocate the love that he gets. No, we will never be able to top God at the love game, like I said earlier, but God is expecting us to return, to make an attempt to reciprocate the love that he gives to us. The love that he gives to us. My God. We can't just expect God, expect if we want to have a uh, experience the fullness um, of God's love and the, having the relationship with God, we have to. We have to be willing and just be selfish, selfless, selfless, excuse me, selfless in this thing. We can't sit up here and be selfish about the love. Oh, God, just love me, love me, love me, love me. And then God is saying, what? But what about me? Are you going to love me? Are you going to sacrifice your life for me? Are you going to um, be obedient? Are you going to serve? Or what are you going to do to reciprocate the love that I have given you, that I'm giving you now, and will continue to give you in the future? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to reciprocate the love that I give? And the other definition of agape is undeserved, undeserved, gracious, and sacrificial, undeserved, gracious, and sacrificial. My God, because God's love is so unconditional, it is undeserved. God gives us grace. It's things that we have done in our past and 
maybe done an hour ago, that we simply do not deserve God's love. We don't deserve his love. And yet and still, God still shows us love. Yet and still, God still loves us unconditionally. Yet and still, God still sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. For our sins, which you're going to get to now, let's go to these two particular um, passages of scripture. John 3.16. John 3.16. I love the amplified version of this uh, scripture. And it says, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one his one and only begotten son, so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. Again, it says, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his own one and only begotten son, so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. My God. That is so powerful, so powerful that God would give his own one and only son. How many of us, I, have, I don't have children yet, but how many of those who have children or even can put yourself in the shoes of what if God only blessed you with one child? Would you be willing to give up your only child, your only begotten son, your only begotten daughter for somebody else? Would you be willing? Would you be able to do that? To be honest, I don't know if I can can actually do something like that, especially if I love my child that much. But God did that. God, he did that. He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins, to save a wretch like you and me, to save us. From eternal damnation, living a life in hell, burning a life full of, after this life here is over, experiencing gruesome pain and just, I mean, like, it's, it's hard to even truly describe what is going to take place in hell if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How many of us can actually say we can make that sacrifice? My God, let's go to John 15. John 15, verse 12 through 14. And it says, in the Amplified Version, it says, This is my commandment, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. Just as I have loved you, no one has greater love, no stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing what I command you. So this is Jesus talking. He was talking to his disciples during this time. And hi, Hanifa. Hey, sissy. He was talking to his disciples in this moment. And he just like telling them like nobody. He said, nobody can love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. So Jesus is reiterating to his disciples that just in case 
just in case you even think that somebody else can show you the love that I have shown you during this time that you have been following me, during this three years that you have been following me nonstop, seeing the miracle signs and wonders that I have, that I have performed and just taking you on and just the teachings that I have shared with you, the knowledge that you have received, the wisdom that I have poured onto you, just in case you even have the thought in your mind, allowing the enemy to even plant that lie in your head, let me explain to you. This is my commandment that you love and unselfishly love, seek the best for one another, excuse me, just as I have loved you. No one, Jesus said, no one has greater love, no stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. And Jesus was calling him, calling his disciple, his friends in this moment because they served. For three, for three years, they served with Jesus. They followed him because disciple means follower of Christ. They followed Jesus. They saw ups and downs. They saw, you know, people getting cast, demons getting cast out of their bodies. He saw, they saw people being here from impurities. They saw people being um, uh, the blind, being able to see again. They saw the hearing impaired, being able to hear again. They saw all of these things. They saw Jesus feed uh, a multitude of people, not once, but twice. With two fishes and five loaves of bread. And Jesus made a way. He's a way maker. He is a redeemer. He is a strong tower. They saw him. So he said, I call you my friends. Because now Jesus was in this moment. He was in transition and he was going from, okay, being teacher and being mentor to them. And he said, now, now I'm about to go on this cross and fulfill the assignment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And fulfill the assignment that my God, my heavenly father, my father has sent me here to do. And this is why Jesus describes them as friends, because no, he said, no, there's no other greater love than for one to lay down his own life for his friends. Jesus was explaining to them that I'm about to die for you. Nobody's going to love you more than I will. That kind of love, that is agape love. That unconditional love, that fatherly love that most of our parents would do for us. Most of our parents would, and I say most because some people, their, their, um, their relationships with their parents need to be healed. Um, but most of our parents, if something were to happen to us, they would literally probably jump in front of a bus for us to ensure to ensure that their life was taken before our own. That kind of love, that that selfless love, that not even having a, a hesitation or a second thought of you know of sacrificing their their lives for their children. That kind of love, that is agape love. That is agape love. There's no love greater than that. That type of affection. Everybody can say that they would do that for, for, one, for one another. And if you can honestly, and even those that, that call themselves best friends, can you honestly say that you would sacrifice your life for your best friend? 
I mean, it's, it's just a time to truly like evaluate yourself because what God is calling for us in this in this season and with this series is for us to learn more about God and because he is love. But so once we learn about love is that we can actually reciprocate love and express it to other people, because if we understand what love is, then we won't have this hatred in our heart. And because, like I said earlier, love heals a multitude of sins. Right. It heals it. So we can actually understand what love is and actually be able to have a relationship with God. Then we'll be, be able to be obedient to him and we will, we will have the desire to express love to the multitudes, express love to the homeless, express love to the needy, express love to our coworkers, express love to anybody that we come in contact, whether we know them or not. Why? Because we have a connection with God and we understand the magnitude and what love can actually do. This is what God wants us to learn in this season that we can't sit up here and continue to say, oh, I want to be used by God and I want to do this and I want to travel the world. But then we have some some things and some things about ourselves, some character building that we truly have to allow God to do. And if we don't allow God, I love Elder Karen Brexton, a part of the River Church, and she was talking about how she said, God, search me. Search me, oh God. Show me, God, if there is anything in, in me that that is not of you. Any part of me, any character characteristic that is not um, a good representation of who you are. Because as your child, I want to represent you in the best way that I know how. So, Father, show me. Show me how to love more. Show me how to be more selfless. Show me how to be more giving. Show me how to be more kind. Show me this. Because this is the way. And why is God showing us this way? Because this is the gateway for us to be fishers of men. To be a true disciple, to be a true disciple of God, of Christ rather, excuse me, is to be a follower of him, to follow, to follow Jesus um, characteristics, to follow how Jesus, you know, they're saying WWJD, what would Jesus do? In, in every moment, you need to say, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus react? How would Jesus handle the situation? And that is learning more about the attributes of Jesus, learning more about the attributes of God so that we can be true disciples, true fishermen, fishers of men. These are the last days. And listen, I am not called to be an evangelist. But when you are a saved and when you are a true Christian, when you truly are a follower of Christ, because we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about having a relationship. When you truly are a follower of Christ, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you truly are a follower of him, your desire is to see other souls be saved by any means necessary. So no. We're not all called to be evangelists, but we, if you are truly saved, you are called to evangelize. God will use you everywhere you go. He will use you in different ways. He will use you at the grocery store. He will use you on your job. He will use you when you're on the bus. You just never know, but you have to be willing. You have to be available to be used for his glory. 
Yes, sis, you search me. Because I don't want to be saying that, God, I don't want to be saying things just to be saying it out of my mouth to say, Lord, use me for your glory. And then when God shows me certain things about myself that needs to be changed, and then I'm like, oh, God, well, wait a minute, I ain't ready for that. Then why did you ask? If you're not ready for change, then don't say it. If you're not ready to truly be used for God's glory, you don't say it because when God wants to use you, it requires sacrifice. It requires obedience. It requires character building. It requires pruning. It requires for you to be molded, for you to be shaped, for you to be transformed. It requires work. It requires discipline. It requires all of these things. Why? Because God wants excellence. God wants perfection. Will we ever be perfect? No, imperfectly perfect people. We will not be perfect. However, because we are imperfectly perfect, that means we are perfected through Christ. That means that we are seeking God's perfection and God is perfecting us. God is perfecting us through, in spite of our imperfections, excuse me, in spite of our flaws. God didn't say that we had to be perfect. God didn't say that, oh, okay, even though I'm searching you and I'm showing you, God didn't say that you're never going to struggle with profanity again, that you're never going to struggle with having lustful thoughts again, that you're never going to struggle with having homosexual thoughts again. He never said that, but he said that if you are striving and you truly want to go this direction, you have to take the necessary steps to make sure that you're guarding your gates, to make sure that you're staying away from certain people, from certain crowds, to make sure that those things that you are still, that because those weaknesses of yours are always going to be your weakness. Let's just be clear. Because a lot of times, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're taking me somewhere different. But like, because a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm delivered, right? And sometimes people misconstrue what deliverance is. Deliverance is saying, Lord, you delivered me from this thing, but it does not say that you set me free from this bondage. And now my eyes are open, but God, it does not say that I don't have to depend on you anymore. And this actually eludes the fact that we actually have to depend on God even more because, listen, God delivered me from alcohol, right? From drinking alcohol. However, if I was, it's not, it's, it's not saying that that um that the enemy won't ever tempt me in that area. That's not saying that. It's not saying that the temptation won't be there. However, because I know that is a weakness of mine, but God said, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, in order for me to stay, because it's one thing for God to deliver you, but it's another thing for God for you to stay delivered. Deliverance is not saying, oh, okay, it's never, you're never going to be tempted in that area because it, it, you have to work at staying delivered. This is why some people are able to backslide, right? Backslide meaning going back into my formal, formal character, into the formal create cre creature that I was. And a lot of times when people backslide, they go back into bad habits. They start doing things that they used to do. Why? Because that weakness is still there. It never left. It just means that you stop depending on God. You stop seeking him for help. You stop hold, holding on to the cross. You stop saying, Lord, and you started 
leaning over and start you started getting filling yourself and thinking that you didn't need God. You started fulfilling yourself and started thinking that, oh, well, I'm over this thing. And God was like, oh, you are, huh? Oh, you are? And just like just like a great parent, just like a great father, God is like, okay. He loves you enough to see for allow, allow you to fall on your face. Because if you think that you're that big and bad, then go ahead. Go ahead. And that's the thing, like, we have to know, know that there are certain things we just simply cannot do. I can't be in a bar. I cannot hang around. There are certain places I can go, yes, that has alcohol. I'm not saying that you can't be in a certain situation, but there are certain atmospheres that I should not put myself in. Just because you deliver, you should not put yourself in a situation to be tempted. Because you don't, you don't want to give a, in the enemy any room, any room to try to, to uh, tempt you, to try to uh, cause you to fall. Any room. Any room. So my God, I didn't expect God to take me that way. But my God, maybe it needed to be heard to be unheard. So let's continue. And I'm gonna try to finish this um this particular part tonight. Let's see where God takes us with this. But first one was first type of love was agape love. Agape love was the first type of love. Second type of love is phileo, phileo or philos. Philos in Greek refers to brotherly love or friendship love, refers to brotherly love or friendship love. So this, let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Mark chapter 12, And it says, then one of the scribes, an expert in Mosaic law, came up and listened to them arguing with one another and noticing that Jesus answered them well, asked him, which commandment is first and most important of all? Jesus answered, the first and most important one is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, life, and with all your mind, thought, understanding, and with all your strength. Listen to this. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So even taking this back to the number one, the um, the one, excuse me, the one number one type of love is agape. Talking about going back to the two commandments, is saying that, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. When God spreads His love, He wants it to be reciprocated. So God said, I love you. Therefore, I'm expecting you to love me as I love you. And then secondly, it talks about um, you shall unselfishly love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
There was no other greater commandment than these. My God. So we need to have phileo love, a brotherly, a friendship love to be because going back, thank you, Holy Spirit, even going back to John John 15, 12 to 14, when Jesus is telling his disciples that listen, no other, no other person, no other person will be able to sacrifice their life for their friends. This is that kind of love, that agape love, that unconditional, that um, that unselfish love. And going into, so those first, those two commandments, going into phileo, brotherly love, a friendship love. Will you be able to die? Will you be able to die for your brother or your sister? Will you be able to sacrifice? This is what this is what God wants from us. Thank you, sissy. This is what God wants from us in this season. To get beyond ourselves. We about to get the stimulus money, right? <laughs> Holy Spirit, you listen, you flowing. You we about to get the stimulus money, right? Before you spend the stimulus money, seek God about where, what he wants you to do with it. Number 1, we need to be paying our tithes. Offer the stimulus money, and I understand, and I'm not, I'm not being insensitive insensitive to anybody because there are people that truly need this money to recover and to at least be able to somewhat get out of debt because of what they had experienced. But I'm telling you by experience that I was unemployed last year, and every single time that I got money, I paid my tithes and was giving. Last year was the most that I have ever given in my life. And every time I received money, I went to God and said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this money? Why? Because it it didn't come from me. God is the ultimate source. Therefore, I have to seek him to see what it is he wants me to do. Seek him to see what it, why, why is this being given to me? It's the reason why God is allowing certain things to happen in your life. And if you don't seek him about it, you can miss your blessing. Because the word of God talks about it's better to give than it is to receive. You can miss your blessing by being so selfish and saying, oh, let me keep it, keep it, keep it. What if God said, give it all away? Would you be willing to do that? I'm talking to myself too. Trust me, there's some things I'm saving up for. If God was like, give this all away, I'll be like, excuse me? Hello? <laughs> you know what I you know what I need to do with this money? And God be like, I know. I'm God. I know all things. I'm all knowing. What would be willing? Because you never know. You never know how God wants to use you. And if just by you being obedient, what you what you're holding on to, God is like, I don't want you to be so absent-minded. I don't want you to be so hooked on and so uh, um attached to certain things that you <laughs> yes, sissy. <laughs> I don't want you to be attached to certain things. And you miss that. I have something greater for you. 
I had something graded for you, just like I've used this example before about the illustration. It's been seen a different, a meme that's been seen on social media of how Jesus was kneeling down and a little girl was before him and the little girl had a little teddy bear, right? And then Jesus had a big teddy bear behind his back and he had his hand out and he was like, would you give this up for me? And she's looking at the teddy bear like, but I love this teddy bear. My mommy gave me this. I love this teddy bear. I've been working for this my whole life. I love this teddy bear. I've been, I've been praying for this and I finally received it. I love this teddy bear. And yet, God, you're asking me to give it up? I don't understand. I just got it. All the while, Jesus has something greater. Something greater than this teddy bear. But because they couldn't get beyond their human understanding, they contemplated letting it go, not, not knowing that if they would just be obedient, there's something greater for them in store. Something greater in store for them. If they were just willing to let it go. Hmm. On that note, I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to close and I'm not finished. I mean, this is the series. So, hey, we're going to I'm going to rock this out. It's two, two more, um, two more types of love that um, that is a part of this. But I, I feel like I, God is leading me to pray in this situation because. Like I mentioned that God is, is pushing us to be selfless people. He's pushing for us to be selfless. And it's only the Holy Spirit that led me with that stimulus part because uh, we have to be more giving. We're wondering why there are philanthropists out there like Oprah who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. However, there are certain principles in the word of God that... Uh, that works whether you're saved or not. And just like the word of God says, it's better to give than receive. This is why she's blessed. Because she's a giver. I mean, people make jokes and she's like, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. But she's genuinely, genuinely loves to give. Ellen genuinely loves to give. Steve Harvey genuinely loves to give. These are people that are not or don't necessarily have a relationship with Christ, but they're known for their philanthropy. They're known for it. And God is saying, I, I believe God is also saying that it's not always about you giving up money. Because there's also your time. There's also your gifts. And a lot of us is being stingy with our gifts. If you don't have the money, all right, well, go to God and say, Lord, what is it that I can be doing in this season? What is it that I can be doing to help advance your kingdom? What is it I can be helping to be used so that um, more people can be saved, so no more people can be used for your glory, so more people can know about you and have a relationship with you and actually know what love is and so they can be healed, so they can be whole? Just like you did for me, because did we forget 
that we were once in these shoes, did we forget where did God delivered us from? But then we frowned our faces and looked down on people when they're suffering in the same sin and lifestyle that God delivered us from. How dare we look down on, on people that God is saying, I delivered you so that you can share your testimony and save so I can save your brother and your sister. But you want to keep it all to yourself. All to yourself. Why you don't want anybody to know your business. You don't, you don't want people to know about where you came from. Why are we ashamed? Why are we ashamed of our past? Why are we ashamed of us saying tell everybody your business? Certain things they shouldn't know. But whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to share, whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to um, to uh, share in that moment, then do it. Why? Because you never know what they need to hear so they can know how real God is, so they can know that whatever God delivered you from, whatever Jesus set you free from, he will do the same for them. He will do the same for them. And that leads me, leads me to here. For those of you that, that don't know Christ, you don't know him. But as we were talking about love, as we were talking about God, because you're like, okay, well, how is God and Jesus? Because God and Jesus, same person. All a part of the Trinity. And just like in John 3, 16, it says, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have life eternally. To save a wretch like you and me, that's love. That's God. He did it for me. And I encourage you and let you know right now that he'll do the same for you. If you let him in, if you let him in, you've been hurt, you've been bruised, you've been battered, you've been talked about, you've been lied on. But God says, I'll heal you and I'll, I'll heal the broken heart if you let me. If you let me, I'll do it. Jesus said, if you're ready right now, if you're ready, say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for every one of my sins. Jesus. I didn't know you before, but I want to get to know you now. I want to have a relationship with you, Jesus. So Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, saving me. I ask that you cleanse me, wash me whole, making me anew. 
And Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome. Welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome to the family of God. This is a new start for you. You are a new creature. Guess what? All those old things are behind you. All those old behaviors, all those old attitudes, all of those behind you. This is your birthday. Happy birthday. You are having a fresh start. A fresh start. God is forgiving you. This is your time to get to know him. Know the one who is love. Let him love on you. And as he loves on you, love on him too. Be encouraged this evening. The last call, the call of rededication. For those of you that have had a relationship with Jesus at some point in your life and you you had a rough time, you allowed yourself to step away from the things of God. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we just, we do get full of ourselves. And sometimes we we do think that we don't need God. And sometimes we think that just because we reached a certain point in our lives and become a part of ministry and doing all of these things that we think that we don't have weaknesses. And then we're faced with certain temptations and it causes us to fall short of God's glory. And then we are ashamed of that, of what we have done. And then we allow ourselves to stay in that lifestyle. Just like the prodigal son. He knew he made a mistake, but he didn't know how to come back. He was ashamed of coming back, afraid of what people may say, afraid of what people may do. But he had to get to a point in his life where he said, you know what? I'm just tired. I'm tired of being away from my father. I'm tired of living this life, this this unfulfilled life. I'm tired of this. I want to go home. I want to go home where I know that I'll be loved. I want to go home where I know that I have everything I need. And that's where you are right now, prodigal son or daughter. You stepped away from Jesus. But you know that you're at this point that you're tired of being without him. You're tired of living without Jesus. And I encourage you to put your pride aside and come home to him. Trust me, Jesus is waiting with open arms just for you right now. It's not too late. If you're watching, if you're listening, it's not too late. Come home. This is your time. This is your moment to get it right. You don't want to be left behind. Because we are in the last days. And when the trumpet sounds, you want to be caught up to meet him. So I encourage you to say this prayer of rededication with me. Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I allowed myself to get beyond who I am in you. And started allowing temptation to get a betterment of me or allowing disappointment to take me away from you. But Jesus, I put my pride aside and I ask you, Jesus, you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior once again. Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me. Forgive me right now, Jesus. 
Cleanse me and wash me whole again. Renew my mind again so that I can be used for your glory. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. And all things are new in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer of rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory. For all the marvelous things that he has done in your life, trust me, God has forgiven you and I encourage you to forgive yourself. Whatever has done been done in the past, let it go. You have a fresh start. Time to move forward in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, guys, I pray that everyone is encouraged and is excited about this God's Love Languages series and that um, you truly just go back if you want to rewatch it again and then tune in for next week where we're going to continue with the four types of love. And even if the Holy Spirit leads me, I'll start getting into the languages um, of God and just talking about, you know, just how God expresses his love and how he expects, um, expects it to be reciprocated by us. So I love you guys so much. Make sure you follow. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook. Follow it on Facebook at I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated. We have the Facebook page. All of our previous podcasts are on there. Any upcoming events that we will have in the future will be on there as well. So stay um, a part of the Imperfectly Perfect community. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us. I underscore am underscore Imperfectly Perfect on there. And also we are available on all podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So stay tuned for that as well. I pray that everybody's encouraged, uplifted, continue to push forward, continue to be selfless. Make sure you um, develop a relationship with Christ. Make sure that you are loving on others as you want to be loved yourself. Be encouraged, be uplifted. Until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Peace and blessings. Have a great night.